Born of a virgin, the prophecy fulfilled, the Savior of the world appeared. The one who was sent to ransom the slave, to save sinful people from death and the grave, yes, he is the one who has come to save, Emmanuel, God with us. The one who traded heaven for this world's broken ground, who was given to us so the lost could be found. So rejoice, O weary people, for the Messiah has come with hope for the world to deliver us from darkness and shame. He is called by the names Mighty God, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. So that's why we sing rejoice because a promise foretold became a promise seen through as God put on flesh for me and you and dwelt with us. So we rejoice for our Emmanuel, God with us. Merry Christmas. I hope by now you've had an opportunity to open presents, hopefully have a nice big breakfast with your family or those that you're celebrating with. I hope that whether you're young or whether you're old, this has been an exciting and joyful Christmas celebration as you have remembered and reflected upon the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. I know for me, a lot of times it's difficult to keep that sense of joy and freshness surrounding Christmas. Uh, You probably have traditions that you participate in that you might have done for years and years and years. Maybe you read the Christmas story with your family. Maybe you sing some Christmas carols. Maybe there are certain things that you eat. Uh, But it can be easy to lose the excitement surrounding Christmas. Uh, I remember as a kid how amazing it was to wake up on Christmas morning, anticipating not only the presents that I would receive, But I also remember a lot of the excitement that I had when we would gather around on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and my dad would read to us the story of Christ's birth. And in fact, when we were young, my younger brother would actually reenact the Christmas story using our nativity scene. Uh, He's in his 40s now, and we still try to get him to do that every year, to reenact it Uh, using the nativity scene, but he tells us that he's outgrown it and he won't do it anymore. So that takes a little bit of the freshness away from it, at least for me. Uh, But what I want to do this morning for you is just over the next few minutes, I want to try to recapture a sense of the joy and the freshness that people felt when they first heard the news that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior, the Messiah, had entered into our world in order to bring us a new relationship with God, in order to bring us eventually the promised kingdom of God, in order to save us from our sins. When you read the New Testament, you get a really uh, clear sense that uh, the shepherds and Jesus' parents and the wise men and everybody who encountered this news was just in awe of the reality that God himself, would come to live among us. So I want to look particularly this morning at one passage from the scripture, from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And I want to look at how the shepherds responded to the birth of Jesus. And uh, my hope is that by the time we finish looking at this passage this morning, we will not only have recovered some of our joy and enthusiasm about Christmas, but we'll see that we can also respond in the ways that the shepherds responded that first Christmas. I want to show you three ways 
that the shepherds responded to the announcement of Jesus Christ's birth. And I really want us to ask ourselves this Christmas, do I still feel the same sense of awe and wonder about the birth of Jesus Christ that I really ought to as a follower of Jesus? In fact, do I feel so much awe and wonder about the birth of Christ that I can't help but sing praises to him, that I can't help but but tell other people about Jesus because I'm so in awe of the truth that God would send his one and only son to live among us, to die for our sin and to rise from the dead. That's what I'm hoping to recover is some of that excitement as we look at Luke 2 this morning. So follow with me, Luke chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 8. And I want us to see the ways in which those shepherds who first heard the message of Jesus responded to the message. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. In the same region, that is in the region of Bethlehem, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. So to set the stage for just a minute, uh, these shepherds are out kind of in the middle of nowhere, outside of Bethlehem, which was really a very small town, even though it was most famous for the city that David was born in and that David grew up in. Uh, but here are these little shepherds. It would have been extremely dark, uh, nobody else really around. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, there's a bright light and a loud voice, and that's why they're afraid. Uh, angels in the scripture really aren't like the precious moments figurines. They're not little babies with wings. Instead, they are, they're powerful and glorious and impressive. And almost any time somebody sees them, uh, people are afraid of them. They fall down on their face, they shake, they tremble. And so these, these angels show up and the shepherds are afraid. And the angel says, I don't want you to be afraid because I'm actually bringing you really, really good news. Good news of great joy that isn't just for you, but it's for all the people that today in Bethlehem, just a stone's throw away from where you're tending your sheep, the Messiah has been born. Christ the Lord has come here. So the shepherds hear this message, and, and you have to understand the significance of this, that not only for generations and generations had the Jewish people been anticipating their coming Messiah, the promised king who would usher in the kingdom of God and save the people from their enemies. Not only had they been waiting for that, but also throughout the Old Testament, God refers to himself as a shepherd who promises a great shepherd who is going to come and is going to shepherd and lead the people to eternal life. You see it in Micah chapter 5. You see it in Isaiah chapter 11. God is described as a shepherd. Most famously, God is described as a shepherd in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me 
beside quiet waters. And so God is the one that is the great shepherd. And so here, these angels, they come to these shepherds who in cultural terms were kind of nobodies in a nowhere place. But God says to them, you get to be the first witnesses of the greatest miracle in history, that the great shepherd, the one who will provide for the people of God, the one who will lead the people of God to a beautiful place, a beautiful kingdom, he's here. He's in Bethlehem. And so this is an extraordinary message given to these ordinary people in a very ordinary place. And as you might expect, they're overwhelmed by it. Imagine if you had been the very first one to learn that the Son of God was born just just a few hundred feet probably away from where you are. So I I want us to look then now at how the shepherds respond. And there are three ways in which they respond to this message just from the overflow of the joy that they experience when these angels proclaim the message. The first thing that this message prompts them to do is to focus, to prioritize their lives around the message. Follow with me, Luke chapter two, verse 15. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I love this. Uh, Keep in mind, they're with their sheep. They're out in the field. And yet this message is so important, so overpowering that they say, let us go straight to Bethlehem. We're not going to Pasco. We're not going to collect $400. We're not going to do anything other than this tonight. We're going to drop what we're doing. Now, maybe they left one of the sheep interns with the sheep or something like that. But they said, what matters for us at this moment, what's most important, is the fact that Jesus has entered the world. I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to go to or participate in something historical, something uh, that you you say, I have to be a part of this because it might not ever happen near me again. I remember uh, when I was in college, the opening of the George Bush Library here on the A&M campus, it was a huge deal because if I remember right, there were five living presidents that were all gonna be present at the opening of this library. A lot of my friends, they, they, they cut class, frankly, to go to the opening of the library. They decided nothing was more important. I uh, have to say with much chagrin that I, uh, I went to class. I said I had other things to do and I didn't go to the opening of the library, this historical event. In hindsight, I, I think that was the wrong decision. If you're a professor, uh, don't get offended by this, but, but I wish that I had gone to this once in a lifetime historic event because in light of that event, missing one day of class probably wasn't as significant. This is the shepherd's response to the coming of Jesus. They're tending their sheep. And in this moment, they say, nothing matters more than going to see this baby. This is not only a once in a lifetime event, this is a once in history type of event. The Son of God, the Messiah, has been born within walking distance. And so the first thing they do is they focus. Right? They don't quit being shepherds. They're gonna go back into the field. They're gonna live their lives. But in this moment, on this day, they say nothing matters more. For you and me on Christmas morning, Right now, you're not at work, you're not at school, 
your responsibilities for the day or for the week have been set aside. And so you have an opportunity to say, you know what we're going to do on Christmas morning? Yes, we're going to open the presents. Yes, we're going to eat a big breakfast. Yes, we're going to play together. But I would encourage you to say, will we take time today to focus on Jesus, to, to remember the Christmas story, to celebrate with our family? Not only that we get to spend time together, but that the Son of God entered our world to give us eternal life, to bring us to God. Try to think of one or two ways today that you can engage with God's word or celebrate with your family and say, I want to prioritize knowing Jesus and focusing on Jesus today. And then as you move out of the Christmas season, to say, yes, I'm gonna to return to work. Yes, I'm gonna to return to school. But how is my life different because of the reality that Jesus entered into our world to give us eternal life? How does that affect my priorities? The way I think about my money and my relationships and my time and my home and my family. Everything that those shepherds did from that moment on, I believe, was done in light of this one night. That although they were still shepherding, their lives will never be the same. Will our lives permanently change because we know Jesus entered our world? So they focus. The second thing we're going to see that they do is that, that they begin to share. So in verse 16, it says, So they came in a hurry, and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, verse 17, when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. The shepherds see the baby, and, and I, I want you to know they don't go to Bethlehem because they need proof that Jesus has been born, that the Messiah has been born. Remember, they were just told that by a whole bunch of angels. A baby in a manger in and of itself isn't proof that he's the Messiah. They believed the word of the angels. They go because they want to see, they want to be a part of it. And then when they leave that area where Jesus was born, they begin to tell everybody. They begin to move through their community, through their city, and they make it known everything that had been told them about the child. So not only do they focus their lives in that moment on Jesus, but they also say, this is such good news. Everybody we know has to know. They don't go to a class about how to share it. They don't take a seminar. They don't need a tract. They just go and say, the Messiah was born here, and we have to tell everybody. It's an overflow of the joy in their hearts. Uh, a couple of months ago, our oldest daughter was accepted into Texas A&M for uh, the next school year. So whoop and gigum. And I will say this, I have told dozens of people, maybe hundreds of people, nobody had to instruct me in how to do that. In fact, just today, I ran into an old friend who I hadn't seen in a while, and she asked, how old is your daughter uh, now? And I told him she's 18. And I said, in fact, she's going to graduate high school this year and she's going to go to AM. She got into AM. This is really good news. Uh, nobody had to tell me or prompt me to share that with her. Why did I do it? Because I was overjoyed with the information. I was going to tell her even if she didn't care about the information. I'm telling you this morning, even if you're not particularly excited about the information, I am because it's a huge event in our lives. For these shepherds, they told their friends and their family and their community about the Messiah because it was the biggest piece of information they'd ever been a part of. It was the greatest joy they could have ever experienced. They were prompted to share. 
And so my question for you is, do you feel that way, that sense of joy and excitement about the birth of Jesus, that as you go back to work perhaps next week, or you go back to the restaurants you frequent or your gym or your school or, or with your family, do you feel so overwhelmed and overjoyed that the God of the universe entered our world that you say, I have to tell people? Is there somebody in your life even now that needs to know the good news of Jesus, the good news of great joy, that Christ has been born, that Christ died for our sins, that Christ rose from the dead. I pray that from an overflow of your heart, you'll share that message. So the shepherds, they, they focused and they shared. And then thirdly, they worshiped, that the birth of Christ prompted them to worship. Look at verse 18 through 20. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. As the shepherds tell people, everybody marvels. They're exceedingly amazed. That's, that's the idea uh, in the original language here when it says they wondered at the things they'd heard. They were just astounded that in their little place, the Messiah would come. And so the shepherds go back and they're glorifying and they're praising God because remember for them, this wasn't yet a tradition they celebrated every year. This wasn't a series of old carols that they had sung a thousand times. This wasn't a story that they had heard from their youth. This was brand new and so overpowering that they couldn't help but worship God. I wonder if you and I truly sometimes we lose our sense of wonder, our sense of joy that the God of the universe, because, because he loved us so much, he entered our world in the person of Jesus Christ. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, among people like us, sinful and weak and relatively insignificant in the grand scheme of eternity. But God loved you and God loved me so much that he gave Jesus his only son. Do you still marvel at that? Many years ago, my older brother and I went on a road trip through the United States and we visited a lot of places like Niagara Falls. We went kind of up north and, and visited a whole bunch of landmarks and national parks. And I remember in our journeys, we ran across this one young man who was traveling in the United States from Europe. And we asked him where he had been and he had been to some great places like the Rocky Mountains and the Grand Canyon. And now we were at Niagara Falls talking to him. But what I remember about this guy was that he was just so unimpressed by everything he had seen. We said, how, how were the Rockies? He's like, ah, they were okay, seen better. How was the Grand Canyon? Nah, just a big hole in the ground. How, how was Niagara Falls? Ah, everything was just meh to this guy. And uh, I remember thinking how sad that you've hit a point in your life where you no longer can be astonished, where you no longer feel wonder at what God has made. I think the moment we no longer feel any sense of wonder at what God has done in Jesus, it's a sad moment. Because the shepherds, they worshiped and praised God. Mary also, she quietly contemplated in her heart what God had done for her. I want, to, I want to challenge all of us this morning. Will you take some time and worship? 
Maybe you put on some music with your family today and, and you sing some hymns or some praise songs that, that spark your sense of wonder. Maybe, maybe you want to read this story again with your family this afternoon and talk about it to reignite that sense of wonder that God sent his only son into our world to die and to rise again so that we can have eternal life. Jesus came on that first Christmas to live with us, to show us who God is, and to bring us back to God. So the shepherds, they focus, they share, and they worship. My prayer for all of us this Christmas is that we will also, we will focus, we will reprioritize our lives. We'll tell others about Jesus. And then today and every day for the next year, we'll invest in worshiping him with our thoughts, with our words, with our songs, with our actions, with our time, with our money, with everything that we have, we'll say the entrance of Jesus into the world, it changes everything for us and for the world. We have the greatest message in all of history. Will we continue to respond to it with amazement and wonder and awe? Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you gave him into this world so that we can know you. Father, so that we can have forgiveness of our sins and eternal life. We thank you that Jesus was born. He lived a perfect life in keeping with your will, died in our place on the cross and rose from the dead. We thank you that all who believe in Jesus can have eternal life. Lord, I pray that you would reignite our sense of wonder and joy that your only son came so that we can have life and life eternally. We praise you and thank you. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas. A light is breaking through. Your light is here breaking through the darkness and filling up the void. The promise has come. Your word is true, fulfilling what you have spoken and drawing near to us. Redemption is moving. Your power is at work. The old is passing away and the new is pouring in. Hope is here. Your presence is near, meeting us in the valley and bringing us to your holy hill. Emmanuel, you are with us.